Today, we are talking to Cody Sanford, the CIO of T-Mobile, and we discuss the future of 5G, how T-Mobile is using Alexa, and why it's all about the people when building a technology product. All of this right here, right now on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Man, so what are you up to today? What's, what's, what's a normal day look like for you? Well, uh, I'm an early guy, so I get in the office between uh, five and six. Um, mm -hmm. I'm in Seattle, so can you see out there? I'm like, I'm it, looks, it looks like Seattle. It sure does. Uh, it's, a, it's a spring day in Seattle. So I, I get in early, and uh, I try to crank through um, as much of the work as I actually do before my meetings uh, start. So uh, you're catching me normally when I uh, get dragged into my, uh, my daily meetings. So you, you reserve the best time, the quiet time for you to get your, your work done. My peace and quiet time. That's exactly right. That is exactly what I do as well. <laughs> it works. It really does. So I find that people either will reserve the time in the morning or late at night, but they all tend to reserve time just for their own quiet progression. Yeah, absolutely. I have a, my family helps me make that decision because my, no one's up early in my house. Uh, so <laughs> I, if I chose to do it in the evening, uh, my personal time would be interrupted anyway. So this is really the only choice I have. So I, I did a lot of research on you. Uh-oh. Or I had my whole team. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> dug up all sorts of amazing stuff. And so I, I like that you are a fan of early STEM education. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You have some little ones, you said? Uh, one not so little one. She's 14. No. Uh, and she, you know, it's funny. She's she was into Minecraft uh, uh, as a kid and started to get into coding. And there were so few resources available for her. I kind of got pulled into more into the STEM because of her than because of my career. Um, so that's been a that's been a fun pursuit. Oh, nice. We I actually have a family foundation and we make children STEM books. Oh no! Wow. Yeah, we want to get On them. So we, uh, one's called the Princess Physicist. Oh, cool. It's a princess who gets stuck in a tower. She finds a book on physics under the bed and uses physics to get herself out instead of a guy coming and saving her. That's awesome. Yeah. And the other one's called Back to the Moon. So it's about two, a little brother and sister. It's to encourage space travel. Oh, that's really, really cool. Yeah. So we print them up every year and then we donate. Like last year we did 10,000. We donate to like homeless pregnant women, shelters, foster families, stuff like that. Yeah, I am uh, on the, I don't know if you, you saw this, I'm on the board of uh, the Washington Association for Better Schools out here, Oh, which is a, um, the 11 school districts in the Pacific Northwest and the Seattle area that are trying to engage students, uh, teachers, and parents in building an ecosystem and curriculum to help kids get more into STEM and then be able to accelerate STEM into industry. Uh, I mean, sorry, in, accelerate their education into industry. Uh, and it's a it's a very interesting uh, space because frankly the, the K through 12, the post 12, and the industry have very different perspectives on the problem and what the opportunities are to make a difference. So it's been a great space to get in and, and find out what you can do to help. Yeah, have you come across First Robotics? I've heard of them. I don't know much about them. So I had Mike Anderson. He's one of the members of First Robotics, and he builds embedded systems that like autonomous spacecraft that refuel satellites at mid Earth orbit stuff like that. So we, we had him on talking about building embedded Linux systems and they basically bring these programs like these Raspberry Pis type programs and these robotics into the K through 12. And I saw that you were tinkering around with the Raspberry Pi and Google yeah. Home 
What did you do with that? Well, we hosted a, a IoT hackathon. So we brought in kids and uh, young adults from all over the Seattle area and hosted a, a, a pure IoT hackathon focused on smart building, smart campus solutions. So the Raspberry Pi was uh, just one of the things we provided as an asset they could use in the hackathon. That's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. So you are the CIO of T-Mobile. Yeah. You've been there for a long time. I want to hear your story about how you got involved and how you became the CIO. Uh, all right. Well, I'll try to make this 19-year uh, journey uh, story <laughs> palatable for a 45-minute podcast. So I started, uh, I've actually been in the wireless industry since I graduated from University of Washington. And um, I joined the, what, the predecessor to T-Mobile, which was uh, VoiceStream. Uh, in 1999, June of 99, and I entered on the engineering side of the house, the network engineering and operations side of the house. Uh, and my experience to that point in, in, in that field was mostly on the outside plant infrastructure. So I was building towers uh, and helping uh, the networks, which was in a massive expansion mode. I know you're, you're too young to remember this, but there was very little coverage nationally at the time. So we were in full build-out mode of towers. So that's how I got into uh, T-Mobile, and I spent seven years in engineering and operations and switching and outside plant and, and RF engineering. And then um, I got a chance to come and build our 3G network and lead the 3G build, which coincided with the release of the G1, uh, which for anyone who's listening remembers, that was the first Android phone that was released. So we coincided our launch with the G1. So I got into the product uh, uh, side then, and I spent some years in product and operations uh, did some transformation programs, and then had a wonderful boss uh, who was the former uh, president for Starbucks who came in with our chief operating officer, and he asked me if I wanted to go try sales out for a while. Uh, and for a company that was heavily retail-focused, I thought that was an awesome opportunity. So I actually spent a few years leading our retail sales and uh, direct sales organization on the, on the West Coast, uh, which was fantastic, and then um, moved back into technology transformation and led a large scale uh, stack transformation endeavor and then got into my current role. So it was a very circuitous route uh, to my role. It definitely didn't start as a, as a coder on a, on a desktop, um, but my experience across the, the business and my grounding in both the, the network side and, the, and the, our software uh, made this job a pretty natural fit. That's amazing. So I know that you also have a CTO. Yes, right? we do. Yeah. All right, so I imagine that the way you handle your differences is through lightsaber battles. That's right. <laughs> full, full, on, full on battle. Actually, it helps because I report to him. So uh, there's very little fighting that occurs. Um, but you can imagine that our product, for the most part, is our network. And um, so our infrastructure, uh, both from a core and radio access, is, is a huge focus. And where most of our capital goes, my side is the software side of the house, um, which is evolving into um, the way we relate to customers and where we generate revenue. And, uh, and actually, it's, it's a pretty interesting journey. If you, you can see it if you read the rags on our industry. We have, we're moving from utility companies uh, into technology companies. And um, that existential evolution has been incredible uh, to be a part of because utility operates in a very, IT is a back office function. Moving into a town company where software is your asset um, and, and then evolving your organization to get there is, uh, uh, it's been a great journey. It's been awesome. So a couple of things that I really like recently is 
the branding transformation you guys had a few years ago, I think maybe about two years ago, I'm just going with my gut here, but I just started noticing the lights in all the stores, right? All of a sudden you got the pink lights. I noticed the CEO is out there on like my feeds and, and is just like super personable in a t-shirt and stuff like that. I, so I, I want to give you guys a bunch of credit for the transformation from like not awesome to awesome <laughs> in the nicest way possible. You worked, you worked at that. Not awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we call it the uncarrier journey. Uh, so it actually started five years ago. We exited, I don't know if you remember this, but AT&T tried to buy us. And in 2012, the deal fell apart. And as you can imagine, being a part of that process wasn't an awesome experience for uh, the employees in T-Mobile. And um, so, but we exited that period. We had $3 billion in cash from the breakup fee. We had a bunch of low band spectrum, which we used to build out um, an LTE network. Um, we got the iPhone, which we hadn't had up until that point. And we also emerged, exactly, we also merged with Metro PCS, which was a, a, a like a, a scrapper brand out of uh, Dallas. So we had all these amazing assets. And then what John brought in was um, the, you know, the will and the guts to go be a risk challenger in the marketplace. And the Uncarry Evolution started with a manifesto, and the manifesto was really simple. It was, you know, we 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 have we're in a broken, stupid industry, uh, and the only way we're going to fix it is to shut up and listen to our customers. And that was really the the kernel of the Uncarry Revolution. And the brand has been really John's baby, uh, John Ledger, our CEO, and you see him all over. So, yeah. so I think he's up to like six million followers now. Um, but he 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 is the brand. He manifests the brand every day. I mean, it's not an act. He's Everywhere he goes, he is, uh, he's interacting with customers either through, through social or directly. Yeah. yeah, well, it's too much work to be somebody you're not. It's way easier just to be yourself and let a camera roll. <laughs> right. Amen. Uh, yeah. You do it every day. <laughs> yeah. So I see that you enjoy running. You a big runner? I am. I'm not a competitive runner. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I do races for fun, but I'm not competitive. But it is the only way I stay sane. So I try to get out and... Uh, you know, two twenty-five to forty miles a week, depending on how much time I have. Whoa, twenty-five! All right, so I'm like, I'm like fifteen to twenty minutes three times a week in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just like to change, like I just like change my state, like just to when I'm when I'm feeling a little like not energetic. If I go for the run when I'm feeling a little tired, then I get like pumped up. Yeah, I, I get in my flow state when I run, so I, I do a lot of problem solving and you know, I work through issues I need to work through and get my head squared away. So without it, I'm, I, uh, I, I noticed that my, you know, my frustration level, my patient levels, everything's in a worse state unless I'm out there pounding the pavement. What's going on with the audio situation? Are you listening to a specific style of music? Like where, where are you at when you're thinking and processing? Oh, interesting. Um, so I'm a, I'm a mood runner. Uh, so it depends. Uh, I will tell you, I, I mostly run to old school hip hop. Uh, yes. Yeah. So that's really my my thing. So, but it doesn't really interfere with my thinking. It's just, uh, it just it keeps the other side of my brain active. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I've got. I'll, I'll go through moods, right? And you know what's interesting? Pandora hasn't really figured out the mood thing yet. Not at all. And I was I was having this conversation with. I can't remember who, but it was another CTO that was familiar with the whole thing. But Pandora came out and they were killing it, man. They were just innovating their face off, doing all sorts of great things. And then it's like somebody just said, stop, right? Because they, they, people want to listen to music and we have moods and we want to listen to successive music like in the mood that we're in to stay in that mood. 
but their systems don't do that. And then you notice that, um, who's the competitor, Spotify? Yep. They won through playlist. Yep. Because my play, they, people, cur- humans curated the playlist to reflect the moods and then people swarmed over to there. So um, have, have team, I know that at one point I saw some ad where the, the different cell phone companies were announcing that they wouldn't charge for data on certain streams. Was that, is that a, still a thing or was that just like a marketing thing? How did that go? Well, today, no one charges for anything because we're all unlimited. But um, we actually, I don't remember what on carrier moves. So we, we call them on carrier moves. There was, I think there's been 14 to date. But one of them was called Music Freedom. And it, it really, that was the initiation of uh, the idea of we're, gonna, we're not going to decrement your data. We're not going to charge you for data if you're streaming music. And then we partnered with all the key music streaming services. And if you were using those, we effectively whitelisted them. So if you were a customer of T-Mobile and you were playing Pandora, it wouldn't go against your data bucket. Now that we offer it unlimited, it doesn't really matter anymore. Uh, but that was the beginning. Of it. And then, then as with every successive uncarried move, all of the competitors followed suit. Nice. Yeah, I, always, I just have to ask. Like, this is just, it's more personal for me. Like, I'm just <laughs> I'm I just love kidding. it. I, I will tell you, though, I, I had the same issue. I, I actually find I'm, I, I moved over to Apple Music uh, more now. I have... Napster and, and Apple Music and Amazon, uh, they're my music services, and I can't find good curated stations or good curated uh, playlists. I, I end up having to do it myself. Yeah, it's tough. I actually found a niche for my running. I had this like, there was this whole three month season I went through with like 70s, like high energy music from the 70s. Disco, you mean? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just awesome. And it, yeah, I think it was disco, but they had some really catchy stuff. There was this one that was like the the earth moves under my feet. And yeah. like that song was like, I want to start every run with that song. <laughs> right? That's awesome. That's awesome. So 5G is yeah. what everybody's talking about on the LinkedIn right before uh, AI and AR consume the world. And blockchain. And oh, blockchain. yeah. Blockchain. You can't forget about that. <laughs> What's going on with 5G? Like I saw some really cool labs stuff where they basically said it's going to be real time, it's going to be insane fast, and I want to know what your take is on it. Yeah, um, well, I'll give you my, uh, my, my take on 5G. So 5G is a, uh, it's both a radio access evolution, so like antennas and radios in the network, and also on the core. And it, from a customer benefit standpoint, it's really, well, it's threefold. So one is it does bring uh, incredible speeds like 15x speed, so think 450 uh, as like an average download speed um, on a device or in your home. I mean, your average broadband connection is what, by 30? Um, so yeah. think, you know, 10x of that. Uh, it is a, uh, a huge um, advance of speed. Now, uh, we don't have a lot of use cases that demand that right now um, because you can only, your 1080 is only 1080. So, um, but it does allow for uh, use cases like VR, like AR, uh, and doing it wirelessly without being wired into your uh, to your um, uh, to your desktop or a, a gaming computer. So that that's one evolution. The other one is incredibly low latency. So the the standard allows I mean kind of requires us to be able to support latencies down as 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 low as ten milliseconds. So think the ability to get real time information in autonomous vehicles or in in things that would require response times that we can't possibly support today uh, with our wireless infrastructure. And the last, which is probably the most cited use case, is IoT. So uh, billions and billions of connected devices um, provisioned instantly across our, our environment. So smart buildings, smart cities, 
you know, asset tracking, all those things that uh, the IoT solution space is going to produce for us as consumers all gets unlocked uh, with 5G. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it makes total sense. I had an awesome individual on my show, the CTO of this company called Hologram. .io. But they essentially make, they're, they're like for the maker community and the enterprise IoT community, and they make these little chips and you can build on top of them. And basically, if you want to internet IoT enable your homemade hacking project or some device you're building, hardware device, you would buy this kit from them and then they would offer some sort of analytics. Uh, I'm curious, has T-Mobile ever played or have you ever in your mind played with the idea of offering some sort of like part of the company that makes it more accessible for the for the data because I'm curious as to why I see a lot of these third-party companies like hologram and stuff pop up and why I don't see a lot of the carriers themselves offering this as, as something it's funny I, I saw our first 5g dev kit uh, yesterday uh, it's uh, it's tiny but it will allow people to do exactly what you're saying which is use our access to our ecosystem and our ecosystem more broadly to build IOT um, devices and solutions. So that's exactly where we're at. I think you hear that from our competitors as well, but I think you're going to see more and more of that. The data front's an interesting, interesting one though, because data is really the, the, the big unlock for IoT. So if I have billions of asset trackers out there, it's kind of useless unless I have uh, um, the ability to capture the location of that data, what they're doing with that um, device, and then being able to use that to make the consumer's life better. Um, so that's another thing that our, that the, the carriers are the, really the only uh, companies that can provide that because we're the only ones who have access to where that device is in space and time. Um, so there's a, I think there's a bunch of really cool uh, opportunities for the carriers to play more in the supporting developers, uh, supporting small companies, or enabling other application platforms to support them. So companies out th- that are more able to deal with a gar- five guys in a garage, um, that's yeah. not really our thing, but we can enable them uh, to support them. So we can have intermediaries and, uh, that can get your Silicon Valley companies off the ground. That's really smart. So like I had a need to pull cell phone records for myself and I happen to be on Verizon. And so I never really interact with them. Like I just, I just pay the bill. Like, I don't interact with them professionally, how yeah. I work with other companies. And then they, what they did was they limited like the download inside to like 30 days. And then if I, if I went the developer route, because I looked up in their docs yeah. real quick, but everything was really old. Yeah. And I was like, it, it occurred to me after having that conversation with Hologram and then them that, that at least, I didn't even look into T-Mobile, but at least Verizon, they had like no good developer support. Like it was old and I'm thinking they must have like T-Mobile, you guys make the impossible happen with all these devices connected and transferring. We take it so for granted, right? Yeah. And so the talent that you have within your organization is tremendous and you clearly can build and scale enterprise systems. So, you know, open up, you know, show the developer community a little love. Why, right? why, why do we suck at that space? You know, um, <laughs> I did, those are your words. My friend. <laughs> uh, what we do, I mean, you know, we, we, if you compare us to other, like any other tech company out there, and especially ones that are, uh, that are kind of born digital, um, we aren't, we are, we have definitely not unlocked the power of the community uh, from a dev uh, perspective, we're getting there. And so a lot, a lot of what we're like, what I'm pushing in is the open source space to, you know, start to figure out ways to leverage the development community in areas that we care about. So uh, we've got blockchain open source initiatives and 
Um, we've got some partnership with Lamba and, 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 and Amazon to start. Oh, that's awesome. You know, yeah. So we're really starting to push in that space. It is hard for us for only one reason, though. It's not a talent problem. It is a priority problem. Um, so you can imagine I, I have uh, a lot of people working with me, our employees, awesome uh, partners all over the world. But uh, if I had if I had twice the resources and twice the money, I still couldn't get everything done that I'm supposed to get done. So, right. the, so it's really the ability to focus on it. And, uh, and one area that we're trying really hard to do is find how to use our um, developer community within the organization to start creating those uh, ecosystems on their own like through the open source uh, programs and giving them incentives to do that, to, to participate in those, to create SDKs for developers. Yes. So that's, and that's where most of our traction is coming from, but it definitely won't be through the website, right? Uh, like, like finding the SDK on the website is probably not going to be there. You'll have to be uh, like, you know, you'll have to be a, a Linux dude or you need to, you'll need to be super be on GitHub. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's happening. It's happening every day, which is, it, it, and I would say it's very recent for T-Mobile anyway. It's probably been in the last year and a half where my team's really, the dev community has really gotten engaged in participating in, uh, outside forums. Yeah, there's a company called Stripe and they do payment processing. Yep. And you know them? Yes. Okay, so I've been following them since essentially like day one because I was, I've been writing enterprise applications and needed payment solutions. And so right when I saw them come out, I was like, this is great. They built it entirely for the developer community. They completely disrupted a payments industry and they're a billion dollar plus company just because they focused on developers and making it easy for them to build their tools. Yeah. It's, it is really cool. I, you know, I, 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 was, uh, I was sharing with you that evolution from utility to tech company. And for, for us, uh, development was a means to an end as opposed to the, the means. I mean, sorry, as opposed to what we do. Right. Um, and it, it has, it really, in the last two years, our, our digital transformation has been pushing uh, decisions and capability out as close to the customer as we possibly can through our developers. And that is an incredibly new paradigm for us. Before it was, you know, I have a website and I have a, a network and I have an app and the rest is just back office. Uh, so SAP and finance and, uh, and payment and billing. And to move into a relationship with the development community, is, it is a massive transformation. So are you, are you speaking like publicly a lot as the, as the CIO of T-Mobile? I, I do. I, I, um, I, I try to stay off the circuit. But <laughs> Primarily because there's a lot of work to do, and um, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in do something first and talk about it later. We're, I'm, I'm at a place right now where the, the, my, my team is an amazing group of, of people, and we've actually put some uh, wins in the ground that I think are, are worth talking about, and I believe we, we have earned the right to start talking about it. So it's starting to become more of a priority, and I, I would share with you the reason that we're doing it is really twofold. Uh, one is uh, I want to make sure that my team feels rewarded and appreciated for the great work they're doing. And second is telecoms aren't generally a recruiting hotspot for great dev talent. So, it, you know, talking about what we're doing in that community is an important part of creating gravity for developers who are thinking about getting started in their careers or later in their careers. So those are really the reasons I'm doing it. Up until this point, I just haven't felt like we earned the right to be there. The head of evangelism, like developer evangelism for Alexa is David Spitsky. And he's a he's a friend of mine, and he goes around and and does the does a lot of talking and stuff like that. Now and then, have you thought about Alexa at all in the context of T-Mobile? Alexa is a uh, big part of 
uh, kind of a lot of what we do internally. I mean, I have my telemetries all integrated into uh, Alexa, so my dev teams can literally they can they can look at my every instance I've got in my AWS environment and and get data from Alexa. So we've integrated internally, and we've also integrated into our relationships through our uh, asynchronous messaging with our customers. And you're going to see a lot more Alexa integration. So yes. that is a uh, that is a uh, a healthy uh, evolving. Uh, relationship. It's actually pretty cool to see what we're doing. Oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It, it was really like, I got one in December. Yeah. Changed my life. Really? Yeah. I'm having a conversation with my wife and she's like, what do you want for Christmas or whatever? And I'm like, you know what? I've been, I, we need an Alexa around the office. It keeps coming up. My, my hairdresser brought it up that her daughter's into it. And you always got to watch the future of the children, what they're excited about. And so I said, I, I want it. And she goes, okay, well, it's on the counter. She's like, that Amazon package is your first <laughs> He's like, because I, I pull out my phone to order it. I'm like, oh, I think it's gonna be like two days before I'll be able to bring it up on the show and like play with it. She's like, you can just have the one on the counter. And I'm like, because it was all packaged up. It was my surprise. I was like, yes, it was like oh. instant. Bezos yeah. was like in my head. Very cool. So uh, two questions. Have you started to automate the, the, the house and office yet? Uh, yeah, we have a Christmas tree that we voice turn on and off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a start. It's a it's start. A start. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think from for me, the uh, I have two two reasons why I don't have it in my home. One is um, my my wife hates the idea of another uh, uh, another device in the home. I thought you were uh, going to say we, woman. No, no. <laughs> I was like, you can call it funnier. computer. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, no, that and the second thing is is um, uh, I, I actually uh, I actually want to be thoughtful about how I you start using it with uh, automation in the rest of the home. So I need some time. Um, to get the rest of the home on it, I I, mean, I have I have my my house is Sonos for example, and there's still no really healthy integration between uh, Alexa and Sonos. So I'm kind of waiting for it to start so I can actually use it to be functional, other than a source of enter entertainment. So you want what do you want? Because I'm going to just message it to to Dave later. You want Sonos? <laughs> I do. So that that would be like for me, I would have it in my in my home in a heartbeat. If I could fully integrate Sonos and Alexa, uh, it'd be done. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'll push the message along. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, right now, what's get, getting you up out of bed and like really exciting you about the future of T-Mobile? Like what's like really, like what are you pumped up about? Uh, well, first I have to say that, you know, I, 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 the, uh, the, comp, the, uh, the sprint combination we announced um, a few weeks ago is um, by far the most exciting opportunity that we have uh, to transform the 5G landscape. So I'm really excited about that, the potential uh, for that coming true. But if, I, if I'm just being selfish for a second, um, we're, we are in the, uh, the, the heart of um, our digital transformation. And we are, I, I'd say probably 12 to 18 months from being in a place where we can unlock innovation in, in, at a speed and, uh, and a frequency uh, that we've never been able to before. And that, and that, all the way down to the customer, whether that's how they're interacting with us or how they're purchasing services or how they're interacting with um, television. Because um, we, I don't know if you know this, but we purchased a company called Layer 3, which is an oh, over-the-top cool. uh, uh, um, content provider. So we are, we are like on the precipice of such amazing innovation. Uh, and my team is really, at, you know, it's kind of the, the, the vital organs for it. And so I'd say the next 18 months, the, the last key and the last lock and the last door gets open and we get to push it out. So that's what I'm most excited about. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I just learned about the layer three thing. Yeah. Um, were you, 
do me a favor and just take mental notes of the experience you get and the transition or the, the mergers so that like in a year or two, we can have you back on the show because you know, that's always, there's very rare situations where you get to go through that experience because it's such a large situation. And I would love, I would love to hear about like what you learned because you know, our audience is primarily CTOs yeah. and they're, everyone's getting acquired. Like Adobe just did a big acquisition with Magento yes, they did. and they also acquired my friend Bruno's company. Um, which is they do like real time video AI like replacement. So if you're like if I'm watching a video and you're watching a video and there's a billboard in the video, you'll see like a T-Mobile ad and I'll see like a Nextel ad, <laughs> right? Because it replaces the objects real time in video. That's pretty neat, right? That is cool. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that is the future. Yeah, yeah. If you imagine advertising, so the the layer three tech uh, TV that we bought. If you imagine the the ability to multicast. Um, so in a home, I can have a personal relationship um, with all five people in the home, regardless of the TV. So if I turn the TV on, uh, think uh, the Netflix home screen as opposed to your normal TV where it just brings up the guide and the last channel you were on, and it knows who you are, knows your preferences, it curates the entire experience. And I can also personalize in the future, I can personalize uh, what we advertise to you. Um, so if I know that you've been at a BMW store, uh, I can personalize the advertising uh, streams to make them more relevant too. Uh, the ability to do uh, like hyper personalized integrated with your mobile device uh, over the top uh, TV is a huge area of, uh, of uh, opportunity for us. That's amazing. Especially yeah. when we get into the more of the voice control and we get more comfortable with vision and then I won't even yeah. have to pick from the home screen. It'll just know it's me and automatically personalizes it to me. And you'll, uh, all you have to do is talk to your, your girlfriend, Alexa, and you can do everything <laughs> from your couch. <laughs> I'm going to rename her computer now. No, <laughs> oh man, this has like been in a fantastic conversation. Like no wonder you've been able to have such a long, uh, amazing climb at T-Mobile. You're extraordinarily personable and I would love to hang out with you like all the time. <laughs> well, come on out. When are you, you going to be in Seattle? You know, I have like, this has been, the show is really doing well. Yeah. We have like this month we have T-Mobile Microsoft, VMware, and they're all in Seattle. So yeah, we'll come out. Yeah. Your, mic, your microphone travels. Yeah, no, we, we did the Alexa show from RSA, my, my hotel room at RSA. <laughs> you know, you, you're talking to VMware, that's really cool. Have you uh, spent any time with the, uh, the Pivotal crew? Oh, I, well, I know one of their chief developers from uh, college, but. They're an awesome partner of ours. In fact, they, uh, like, if I look at the, the partners that have probably been most integral to our accelerated digital transformation they have been a just an awesome partner so I, I love what they're working on and where they're headed in the kubernetes space is also really exciting oh yeah that's been t the containers just like exploded yeah and that's yeah. What I was, that was that was what i was talking about with vmware and he was explaining to me the differences with containers and like how some of the market or some of the community thought that they were like disruptive to vmware but actually vmware is supporting like containers to run efficiently in VMware systems. And it's not like a negative thing. It's a positive thing. So that was a good conversation too. I learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he, well, they definitely hedged their bets with Pivotal. So um, Dell, Dell bought them both, right? Yeah. Everybody's acquiring everybody. Yeah. It's feeling really good. So uh, Elon Musk, are you a fan of Elon Musk? I, I love Elon Musk. I love anyone who asks why not. That's, that's yeah. an awesome skill. Yep. And so let's say that, Elon Musk invites you over to his house, right? Yep. And he's got a time machine. 
and you're going to get to go into the time machine and visit yourself 10 years ago and give yourself one piece of quick advice, what would it be? Uh, it's all about the people. Uh, I will tell you that I've, I've learned, um, I've spent most of my life in technology, all of my career in technology, and I fooled myself for a very long time that it was actually about the, the tech. Um, and the, the, the longer I've worked in my career, the more and more I understand that it has absolutely nothing to do with the tech. Uh, it's cool. It's, a, it's almost a passion and a hobby. Um, but the real uh, lesson in life is it has nothing to do with the tech and everything to do with the people who work on it. And uh, the more time I can spend there personally now, uh, A, the more satisfied I am, and, and the more that we're able to return uh, to our shareholders, to our customers, and to our employees. So that would be my one piece of advice to my 10-year-old 10 self. Both, both work. Either your 10-year-old yeah. self or 10 years ago. That's right. Yeah. More about the people. Yeah, I found that out early on in my career. I've been, my father is an engineer, so he, I wrote my first code at eight and I'm in my early 30s now. So for the first, you know, up until my early 20s, so, you know, 15 plus years, I was just crazy about product and I was like, oh, you, I had that story, if you build it, they will come sort of thing. And then I realized, no, 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 no. <laughs> if yeah. you bring value to the market, the market responds. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how it works. And, 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 you know, and I, the, the, I mentioned this earlier, but when you, when you define value is by asking the question about what is it that you want uh, and how are you feeling about that experience? And then you're actually able to satisfy uh, what a customer or an employee is asking for. That is the most rewarding technology experience when you can actually give someone something they need and want. That's yeah. And, and when you pass the spectrum of needing money, like, and, and you get up, at a higher level in, in the career, you quickly realize that, you know, going from 1 million to 2 million doesn't bring you happiness, but bringing someone value like is instantly rewarding and makes you feel good. And we need to do it like all the time. Like, yeah. it's not like I bring value to someone and I feel good for a week. Like I have to be doing it every day, like all the time. Yeah. It's extraordinarily rewarding. Thank you so much for your time. Do you hang out on LinkedIn, Twitter? Where would we? I both. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn and, and, and Twitter, I, I try to do both. I'm, uh, frankly, I'm uh, pretty shitty at it because it's just about my, <laughs> my time. But I do do both, uh, and that's where I spend most of my time. Internally, I'll spend most of my time on Slack, but um, uh, externally, LinkedIn and Twitter are both where you can find me. And it, does your dev culture, are, are they excited? And like, if I see John on you know, my feed, and then I go work in technology at T-Mobile, let's say I'm an engineer listening to this, senior engineer, and I want to go over and experience what T-Mobile's like. Is the develop is the culture in your technology section of your business are are they like is it real positive? Like John, is does that go through the whole company? Well, it's going yeah. Well, it's gonna sound incredibly self-serving if I say yes, uh, but Please it is. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. No. No. Uh, uh, two things. One is um, uh, yes, it is in our in our environment. Uh, now, granted, uh, if you go into a call center or into a retail store. You, you will be awash in a sea of magenta and screaming, clapping, like passionally enthusiastic employees like you've, you, like you've never seen. It really is uh, amazing. The culture in those, in, those, in, in those environments are like nothing you've ever seen. If you go into our dev community, you'll get some of that, but typically we're a little bit more introverted. Uh, so uh, you'll see it's a little bit more muted. Uh, but but the culture is a very cool spot to work. Uh, and I, I love T-Mobile. What we've become in the last five years is something even uh, better than when I started uh, 19 years ago. It's been really cool. And that, that should be the title of like your memoirs of your journey at T-Mobile, A Wash in a Sea of Magenta. <laughs> <laughs> Good, I'll write that down. 
<laughs> it sounded so poetic when I heard it. I was like, oh man, that's, that's such a great line. We have these, uh, when we go visit call centers, we have these uh, things called clap-ins, like when John shows up. Uh, without any exaggeration, when he shows up, the entire call center, so I think five to 800 uh, screaming, you know, 20-somethings um, out there, it, it will take him an hour to enter the building because he'll stop and talk and the selfie and clap, and they'll clap the entire time. They will, I mean, and this, it's not, it is, uh, it really comes from a place of, uh, of uh, appreciation and respect, but it is, it is a part of the culture. It is, I can't explain it. You have to go see it. It's really cool. And then when he does it to the dev team, you just hear those Slack notifications, like That's rapid right. fire. <laughs> <laughs> just going crazy. Alexa, like, is, That's right. welcome, John. <laughs> Oh man. So yeah, I'm definitely going to, when I'm out in Seattle meeting everybody, I'm going to stop by, see the, see the office, see what it's like, maybe lightsaber battle with you and the, the CTO. <laughs> so uh, yeah, well, our building is, if you come at night, um, yeah. because all our entire building and our campus is lit up magenta. So oh. yeah, we'd love to have you. Such a simple change, such a simple like way to stand out. You guys really like the uh, uncarrier movement just, have that and just like write a little memo of that individual and say, Hey, do that for our develop, like push that marketing for our developer stuff. And then just watch T-Mobile explode. Thank you so much for your time. This has been like my, this is fantastic. This is the best interview. I love right. it. Well, it's been awesome. I really, really enjoyed meeting you and uh, I'll hold you to, to get in touch with me. I'd love to see you out here in Seattle. Absolutely. Talk soon, my friend. Bye. Adios. Thank you so much for listening to the Modern CTO Podcast. Share this. Get the word out. Thank you guys so much. I couldn't do it without you. I appreciate it. You guys are the absolute best.